Hey everybody, welcome to the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. Boom, we're going straight into it. I've decided I'm no longer going to do the social media read at the start of each episode. I just think it's buying time and adding unnecessary fat to the episode at the start. If you want to interact and support the show, all that information's in the show notes, so go there. Speaking of the show notes and my request for reviews and ratings last week, it's been going very well, guys. I really appreciate it. I've got some great reviews, which I've shared on social media. Thanks a million. Thanks for the help. Keep it up. Let your friends know about the show. You know the score. So first of all, I have a couple more requests. I'm a man of requests. If you're a long time listener to the show, you know that around this year I do my top five gifts for Christmas. This is really an episode for the wives, the husbands or the partners, just so you can play it in the car so they can hear what you're sniffing around for Christmas this year. But this year I said, you know what, I normally go out and I curate a list of appropriate gifts for us. And, you know, I am doing that right now. And I said, you know what, I'll put a call out to the listeners and see what do you want for Christmas this year, guys? Let me know. And I'll add it and I'll definitely have a look at it and I'll try and add it to the show next week, next week or the week after. But it's that time of the year. It's coming. Also, another future episode I'm working on is the idea of an EDC for detectorists. So an EDC is everyday carry. I think a lot of us know or a lot of us have it. I am. I have an EDC myself, which I carry around as notebook and a, as I'm reaching into my pocket here now, I just see a notebook and a Leatherman Skelly tool and the whole lot and elastic bands. But yeah, what would you add to your metal detectorist EDC? I'd like to get a little bit of insight from you guys on that, if you could. That'd be brilliant. So let me know for a future episode. So this week, I'm going to talk about Silent EMI, the silent killer of the DS2. Nah, that's all bullshit. The silent EMI. So silent electromagnetic interference. What an oxymoron. I've seen videos. It's very concerning, guys. Very concerning, very concerning. It's a major issue. It's a major issue, major issue. It's a humongous issue. And this is all from people with zero engineering or signal processing experience. Not that I do, but this is from General Joe making these assumptions. And I just felt, you know what, this week would be a good time to talk about it, seeing as it's reared its ugly head again. It did pop up about eight months ago, and I did think it would be a good episode, but it came up and it fizzled out again very quickly, just after the release of the DS2. So it's after rearing its ugly head again. So what is silent EMI as it's been portrayed online? Well, what's happening is you have people operating the DS2 and a colleague maybe hunting nearby and using a Nox or another multi-frequency machine. And what happens is the DS2 goes silent. That's the physical manifestation of the issue. And people are calling it silent EMI. Now, I suppose I won't tell you what my gut tells me what it is, but I will go through a little bit of a process around my thoughts on it. So silent EMI is just EMI, electromagnetic interference, right? And that is the definition of EMI, electromagnetic interference, is the combination of two or more electric waveforms to form a resultant wave in which the resulting wave is either reinforced or cancelled. What they mean here is if the two waves are in phase with each other, they are reinforced or in phase. Or if they're in antiphase, which is 180 degrees out of phase, it means it's cancelled out. 
And this phase alignment, depending on the phase of the phase alignment, will result in how much interference happens. So if it's very close to the 180 degrees, you'll get a full cancelling. But if it's 160 degrees, you'll just have the waveform diminished. It'll still exist. And I suppose, depending on brands, it will handle EMI differently. And in this situation, I'm imagining the DS2 is handling it a little bit more aggressive than other brands due to the wireless nature of the machine, right? Most machines handle EMI differently. And if there's automatic sensitivity adjustment, it will actually automatically adjust the sensitivity of your machine to counter for the EMI. I've heard people calling out, oh, EMI should be shielded. Like what? If we shield EMI, electromagnetic interference, you're pretty much holding a stick. It's not a metal detector anymore. It won't work in that situation. So essentially, EMI causes a loss of depth or a loss of sensitivity, right? It's been around for years. You know, we've all had to battle with it. And I'll get on how I'll get on to how to battle with it later on. But I think what's happening right now is with the proliferation of multi-frequency machines, which operate over a wide range of frequency, all combating against each other. If you're on a field with several people with multi-frequency machines, they're all combating with each other. You're going to have a clash of frequencies, no different than telecommunication signals, except in a metal detector, there is no protocol to avoid or manage the interference. And you can't have all detectors operating asynchronously. In other words, all detectors take turns in broadcasting. Think of PMR walkie-talkies. We all have them. You get them, and the first thing you do is you select the channel that has the least amount of interference. And in the interference in this situation is crosstalk. Other people having conversations over the walkie-talkies. You just have to go to a ski resort or a music festival to hear the chatter on these things and to try and find a channel that is clear, is next to impossible. Your Wi-Fi in your home works the same way. There's channels that they broadcast on, and certain routers are set up to broadcast by default on certain channels. And you find then that if you're in a heavily populated areas, that your Wi-Fi router is battling or competing against other Wi-Fi routers to make sure you have a good signal. So you have a loss of signal in your Wi-Fi router. It's starting to sound familiar? So what I think is happening in silent EMI First of all, the silent should be silent in EMI. It's just EMI. If it was a major problem, the FCC, which are the governing body around radio emissions and interference globally, really, require no interference. And if this is a real situation, then MindLab may have something to answer for. However, it's more likely an anomaly causing an issue with the DS2. And that issue is detector crosstalk. It's not silent EMI. What essentially is happening is you have two multi-frequency machines, irrespective of the brand, and they're broadcasting at the same or similar frequencies. What seems to be happening from the outside looking in, I've looked at all the videos, is that if you remember, most metal detectors work by detecting the induced signal from the target and by measuring how in phase or out of phase that signal is. So metal detectors are specifically designed to detect whether a frequency or a waveform is in phase or out of phase. So what essentially is happening here is you have two multi-frequency detectors just happening to be broadcasting on the same frequency. However, through some random issue, a situation can arise where they are out of phase with each other and are causing interference, which reduces the inferred signal in the metal detector. So the DS2, a very much a Wi-Fi machine, 
in an attempt to process that machine, it's either the signal is not coming in because it's completely out of phase with what's broadcast from the competing machine. So it doesn't even see it in the return back. The returning signal is totally anti-phase or cancelled. So the DS2 is not picking it up. Or the DS2 is identifying that combating signal as interference and is tuning itself out of that situation. Because when you look at these videos and look at any demonstrations of this, as soon as they shift frequency, the situation disappears. So this is not a problem. It's not a humongous issue. It's just a side effect of having such a sensitive or such an advanced machine. It's a side effect of having so many frequencies involved in the detection process. And it's just going to be the way of the world in a multi-frequency world right now. But there is things you can do about it. How to handle electromagnetic interference. The first thing you should do is try and reduce it. Either remove the source of EMI. If it's your mobile phone, turn it off. Especially if it's in hunt mode looking for a tower. I gave you the story before of detecting on a beach with the Knox. Um, and this beach is notorious for having no cell tower coverage. I got there and every two steps I was hearing a load of interference on the detector. Had to reduce my sensitivity right down till it became nearly useless. And I was for about 30, 40 minutes trying to figure out what the hell was going on. I spent about 30 minutes trying to figure out was the Knox banjaxed or is there some sort of external interference? And I did figure it out. What was happening was because my mobile phone was out of coverage. In other words, it couldn't find a cell tower. It ramped up its power to try and find a cell tower. And by doing that, it caused untold interference on the locks. So in that situation, all I had to do was turn off my mobile phone and everything was A-OK. Other situations is like, for example, I used the ProFind Pro Pointer from Nocta Macro with the Nox. And it plays havoc with the Nox. If the coil of the Nox is pointing towards the pin pointer when I'm digging the hole, what I do, my behavior has changed. I just point the, the coil away from the, the hole and use the pinpointer then to find the, the thing, right? So remove the source of EMI if you can. If you can't get rid of the source, then you need to move yourself away from the source. You're going to have EMI coming off overhead power lines. Move away. It's not going to help you. It's going to reduce your sensitivity. You know the score. And then ultimately, if you can't move away or you're in a spot that you really want to hunt, you have to reduce your sensitivity. Most detectors have ability to do this automatically but you can do it manually to reduce it down till the chatter disappears and i'm sorry if in this day and age of multi-frequency machines if that source of emi is your buddy you may just have to shoot him and throw him throw his body off a bridge you know or you could use it as a tactic to interfere with his detector so you can gather all the goodies later on when you come back but listen like i said in the age of the multi-frequency machine all you have to do in that situation is just adjust your frequency. And maybe I would try this before I reduce my sensitivity. And that's it, guys, really. Um, that's how you can reduce EMI in relation to silent EMI. There's no such thing. It's like Bigfoot. Sasquatch. Silent EMI. All should be in the same bucket together. No, Jesus. <laughs> if you believe in Sasquatch, please email me. Let me know. If you have evidence, let me know. I, I can be converted. I can be a believer. However, I can't be converted to be a believer around silent EMI. It's just EMI. It's a normal issue that happens when you have multi-frequencies interacting with each other, be it CB radio, be it PMR radio, be it your Wi-Fi at home. This is the scenario you're in. Welcome to the 21st century. And that's it, guys. I hope you liked this episode this week. 
And obviously, if you like the show, please support it. How you can do that is in the show notes below. But I hope you get out this week, guys. Good luck and happy hunting. And talk to you all again next week. And that anonymously, anonymously, and that anonymously, 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 anonym